And welcome, Pewter Peeps, to the all new Pewter Cast, your favorite spot for your Bucks news and analysis takes hot and otherwise. That is Rent Dex. I'm Steve Carney. It is so great to have you here again today. And joining us this week, oh, look at this guy, brand new to pewterreport.com, the one and only JC Allen. Is it? Look at that hat. You can tell, you can tell he's new. That hat, that hat has no sweat stains on it. What's going on? Just out. First up, first up, first up, first up, yeah, well, yeah. Well, there, I don't see any sweat stains. That 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 hat looks brand effing new. Not there. There ain't a there ain't a sweat mark on that thing. And I know you've been out at camp, so uh, you must have you must have like a dozen of those. Uh, Scott Rounds must be must must be throwing them at you. Here we get 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 more of these hats. So first off, welcome to the show. Appreciate you giving us uh, a couple of minutes. Yes, thank you. Appreciate being here. It's amazing. Ren actually said something because because uh, uh, he said he was going to be frozen in time for the first uh, ten minutes or so of, of the broadcast. Um, we always start with how did you get here, and so I want I want to ask you because you are the new guy at, at Pewter Report, the FNG as they like to call him. Um, so how did you get here? So it's actually quite crazy story. Um, you know. First off, going way back to the roots from when I was born, born in California, moved to Massachusetts when I was very young. I grew up there, spent about 32 years of my life there, including the last the first 20 years of 19 years of Tom Brady's career. So really, you know, mm-hmm. football in 1996 on their on the Super Bowl run against the Packers and, and kind of followed up there. And um, I played middle school throughout middle school into high school. And then, you know, Tom Brady happened 2001 and the dynasty was started. Uh, really followed his career uh, pretty intensely. I'm a huge guy in uh, draft Nick into the draft, into offseason, into just the game itself. So uh, took a really, you know, now we have wonderful analytics to back things up other than just, you mm-hmm. know, that's an opinion. So it's great how that's evolved. But, you know, just kind of getting into it myself uh, growing up throughout high school and after that. Uh, recently, two years ago, back in June, uh, we had a, my family had an opportunity to move down to Tampa. Um, so we took it, you know, fresh start change. And, uh, I've loved being down here. I love the people down here. Although for the first six months, I only knew five people from Florida. Everywhere else seemed to be from everywhere else, but I think that's a common thread. It's a melting pot, but I was looking once I, I, me and my son, we went to training camp. We went to a preseason game. We went to a couple of games in the Jameis Winston era. We went to the, the last game we went to of the season was a Texans game. Uh, we're sitting in the lower bowl end zone and Jameis did Jameis things and threw a pick and then threw another pick six back to back in a row. And you could just see the amount of Texans fans, the lack of Bucks fans and how empty the stadium was. And because of the hometown team, they played the the Patriots, which I am a fan of. Um, they play them once every four years. I figured, hey, this is the team I'll root for, the, the NFC. Let's root for this team. And we became fans of this team um, as well rooting for their success. Well, with Jameis, we knew that was going to happen. In January of that year after that offseason, I, I put out a long post on my Facebook saying, listing the reasons why I thought Tom Brady might actually choose Tampa. And I got ridiculed, blasted by everyone. He's not going there. He's going to San Diego. He's going to this place. Sure enough, fast forward two months later, in March, um, Tom Brady signs. And now everyone's like, oh, you were right. Oh, but anyways, to progress the story along, how I kind of got my start in this field was I was looking for somewhere other than radio to pick up 
Bucks coverage. I want to know what fans thought. I want to know what media thought. I want to know everyone's reaction on Tom and then subsequently Gronk coming right behind him. I stumbled upon some Facebook groups and found um, a show called The Sports Web. Um, mm-hmm. Bucks report and I turned into being a caller on there and progressing as a caller bringing in good takes I had watched Brady and Gronk so I knew a lot about them a lot about their play style a lot about how they looked at things on the field and I brought that knowledge and um, it was well received by by people who enjoyed the show and by Peter and the staff at Bucks report in May they offered me an opportunity to come on as a guest and and write an article piece uh, that turned into multiple guest spots and then turned into me being added as an employee there. Um, shortly thereafter, getting uh, my own show, which uh, was awesome, amazing, doing great game day stuff, doing game coverage, doing uh, article writing for them. Uh, it was it was an amazing experience and and one that I'll uh, you know that's how my story starts in this field. Um, move fast forward to the Super Bowl. Um, I ended up actually contracting COVID during the Super Bowl. Was not able to attend as media, but mm. the COVID had a double entendre there. Everything was via Zoom conferences, so I got to go and I got to speak with the players, Patrick Mahomes, everybody but Tom Brady, of course, the one guy you know who I've followed throughout his entire career. Um, but continued writing, continued to host my show, and apparently it caught the eyes of. Um, the guys over at Peter Report, they asked me if I would like to join, and here I am um, about a, just about a month into my time over there. I uh, love it over here. They've been amazingly supportive uh, creatively, um, professionally, and uh, training camp just started. I got to go to my first couple practices over the last week, and it's it's been a, an amazing experience so far, and uh, I really love covering this team. I love the passion the fans have. I love the skepticism the fans have. I told them last year going into it, like Tom's here. You guys, we're going to, you guys are going to do well. Trust me. You know, just that bye week is perfectly positioned. It's Patriots football down here in Tampa. They're going to run the table after the bye week and just wait. And they actually went all the way, which, you know, was surprising the first season, not going to lie, but I did not, not expect it. If that makes sense. I just know the type of, and everyone has seen the type of level that Tom Brady commands and how he lifts players around him. Um, so here we go. And now we're going into my second full season uh, covering the team with a different uh, publication uh, that I am very excited to join. And Super Bowl expectations back on the shelf. Uh, they've returned all their starters. And so far in camp, I mean, it looks like they uh, – they don't have they don't have much competition when it comes to having a having a complete roster built around them. Yeah, and, and it's certainly something that we'll have uh, we'll 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 definitely have to talk about the fact that there is very little drama going on at, at, at training camp here. You know who else doesn't have any competition? Yeah, I, I know exactly who does not have any competition right now, and that is the folks at Manscaped as mm-hmm. the computer cast is sponsored this week in part by Manscaped as they are back here with us once again. And uh, I have told the story uh, too many times uh, to uh, to be useful um, about uh, a guy that I knew when I was in the Navy. It's still gross. It's still nasty <laughs> that used the same razor both oh, no. down low and oh, up high. Yeah, not the smart. That the not the smartest cookie in the jar. Uh, there, I'll tell. It, let's let's put it that way. Uh, that guy, he certainly could have used Manscaped, and you definitely 
can use Manscaped. And they've got a br- they've got their brand new performance package 4.0 that's out right now, including the brand new lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, uh, fourth generation trimmer, cutting edge ceramic blade, 7,000 RPM motor, uh, travel lock, waterproof. Just you know, it's the best the best thing money can buy. For your nether regions, also the Weed Whacker 4.0 with a uh, uh, to help with the the ear and the nose hair, uh, and plenty more in their performance package. And you can get the performance package for twenty percent off and get free shipping by going to manscaped.com and using the code FANSIDED20. That's twenty percent off, free shipping as well with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com for a clean Trinity and beyond. Your Nether regions. Thank you. <laughs> Let me tell you something too, Steve. I've been out at training camp and it's been hot. Yes. The, it's, it's hot the, as balls. Exactly. <laughs> and to your point, the reviver kit and the wipes that they have yeah. have been clutch as well as the deodorant. So yes. The ball, the ball deodorant. The ball deodorant is a must if you're going to training camp. Oh, yeah. So at, yeah, at you, all. You slap that on before, you, you wipe yourself after, you put a little reviver on there, smelling good as new. Look at that! See, JC knows. JC knows the deal when it when it comes to Manscaped. Get involved with Manscaped again. Fansided twenty is the promo code when you go to manscaped.com. It's twenty percent off and free shipping. All right, now let's talk bucks. Uh, week one of training camps in the book. Uh, as we talked about a little bit before and. Uh, Carney talked about just a little bit right before the manscape is like, there's no, there's not a lot of drama. There's no starting positions really up for grabs. You can make an argument. No more drama. Sure. I have no idea what that means, but if you say so, (laughs) Um, maybe the safety group, you know, you can make an argument if Edwards is going to push Whitehead out and we'll talk about that. But really what we're going to get into is uh, JC, of course, we've talked about how he's uh, boots on the ground there, been to a few practices. Plus, he's also in the, the PR, Peter Report chat rooms. So feel free to take from there and sort of an overall vibe, not only yours, but also what, you know, what Peter Report is feeling. And we're going to go through, you know, after one week, like where these guys stand. Okay. Now, I want to start with the interior defensive line. And the reason I want to start there is because I... Like I will eat my cell phone if the Bucks don't draft an interior defensive lineman in, in day one or day two next year. I'll even narrow that down as we get into the draft uh, later on. But right now, day one or day two, the Bucks need an interior defensive lineman. Um, a big guy that I've who who I said is sort of a put up or shut up year is uh, Khalil Davis, the draft pick from Nebraska a couple years ago. Uh, I've heard Ledbetter's come in great shape. He's looked good. Of course, Pat O'Connor is still hanging around. So we'll start at the interior defensive line. What have you seen? What does Peter Report think? How's it going? I know it's only been two days in pads, but I just kind of want to start there. What are your thoughts besides, of course, the Golsons, the Veyas, the Sue, the McClendon? We got those guys. I, I, I think the top four are locked in no matter right. what. I think you're looking at, as you said, Veya, Sue, um, uh, Nacho and, and also Golston. I think those four. I think McClendon is. Oh, that's right. You you think McClendon might be might have a chance getting booted? I think he's eighty percent in, and and it's not because of his play at all. I think he's he's that big run stuffing, take up space type of guy that if does, something does happen to Vito, you're going to want on your on your defensive line. Um, but I just 
He's 35 years old. He's going to be the oldest defensive lineman. Let me just emphasize those words for anyone watching. Oldest defensive lineman to take a snap in football this year, as he was as well last year. So when you're looking at some of the young guys, some of the youth, and you mentioned their names, I, I think another guy who I think is probably locked in is Pat O'Connor as well. I mean, just because he's such mm-hmm. a key factor on special teams he's really starting to turn the corner too defensively at his position i mean he had the block punt last year he also had his first career sack i mm-hmm. think because of the role he plays on special teams he's probably a solid bet to make the team so now i mean you take those five guys and you want to include mcclendon you're really probably looking at one more roster spot and you mentioned the names jeremiah ledbetter who has looked very impressive in camp he's come in he's had would-be sacks he's had a lot of good pressures. Um, He's a guy who looks in great shape. Uh, he can do a little bit of both, stop the run, rush the passer. Uh, rush the passer. Uh, I think he's making a really good case for the team to stick around. The problem with him is he's he's done this almost every, you know, the last two preseasons. Last year was a little bit different, but the last, you know, couple seasons is he's looked great in preseason, looked great in training camp, but then he gets hurt later on towards the end of camp. So if he can stay healthy, He's going to be someone to really watch as someone pushing. And the guy he's pushing is exactly who you mentioned before, is Khalil Davis, a sixth-round pick out of last year. He brings something to this off this defensive line that they don't have, his quick ability. Yeah. Like, why did they draft him? This guy does not fit the mold at all. Yeah, so his quick twitch ability, his pass rush, and what we've seen, I mean, yesterday during one-on-ones, you had the O-line versus D-line lined up. Now they're all lined up, but it's pretty much man-on-man. Um he really embarrassed, and I emphasize embarrassed, Ali Marpet on two consecutive plays. And just yeah. one of them just ragdolled him out of the way. The other one just pushed him back and, and gave him a little rip move out of the way as well. And uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was quite impressive. Um, so I think Cleo Davis is starting to hit his stride. Again, not having that full offseason definitely hurt him. Uh, and he mentioned it himself. You know, It was kind of like a red shirt year for him. Uh, with the coaching staff, learning, mm-hmm. being able to pick the guy's brains in front of him in, in a Sioux and a Golston, uh, even a Vita Vea for, for a little bit. And I think that the way he's looked, it's going to be hard to place one of these guys over him um, at the back end of the roster. I mean, they got guys like Sam Renner, who I, who you know, who's looked all right, but he's more of a camp body. He's just not going to be the guy there. And another guy, Benning Potawae, who right. I'm a fan of, he's, he's that – He's that McClendon, but he's younger and he's not as experienced. And, um, you know, he got into a few games last year. And when he did, uh, was set up against the run, he had a very high run blocking grade from PFF. Um, and that's the kind of guy you're looking for a big body. But I think he probably needs another year on the practice squad. I'm not sure anyone's going to pick him up. And I think the Bucks will be able to slide him on there, call him up as needed if they do need him. So really, it's coming down to Jeremiah Ledbetter and Khalil Davis if we're keeping Steve McClendon on the roster, which I think they will just because of the experience and the size and everything that he can bring in. You know, more of a run stuffer. You saw him get after Patrick Mahomes a couple times in the Super Bowl. So, you know, a little bit under underrated part of his game. Um, it, again, we're only three days now into pads, so there's still right. plenty of practice, plenty of preseason games for uh, Bucks coaches to be swayed one way or another, whether it be Ledbetter or Khalil Davis. I think it's going to be very tough for them to try to sneak one of those guys through waivers if they continue the level of play. Mm-hmm. So it just comes down to what are you looking for more on this team? At this point, I can't answer that question. If I had to go with someone, I, I would think they would stick with Cleo Davis just because of the draft stock that they put into him. Six-round pick, not a lot, but still they, they drafted him that high over other players for a reason. And as 
as for what you said, yeah, I agree. They need to draft a defensive lineman definitely within the next. But, you know, they're probably going to take a running back in the first round next year anyway. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they, I think that's high in the priority. As Jason Light said multiple times, he thought this was a very weak defensive tackle draft. You mm-hmm. saw that by the way guys fell. I don't think there was one taken until the mm-hmm. second round of Christian Barmore. Yeah. And then even a guy like Florida State's Marvin Wilson went undrafted, who if he came out the year prior, he probably would have been a late first, mid-second round pick yeah. at at worst, um, slides all the way undrafted to the Cleveland Browns, who I think they got a great player if he can be motivated. But it just wasn't a strong draft for that. Uh, you already saw another guy, Jay Tufele, who I really like, got cut by the Vikings. Different scenario. He got shot five times uh, back home, so he wasn't going to be able to play anyways. But, you know, I, I think defensive line will be on their priority list, but I do think they've got a lot of good young guys that can continue to develop, learn, and build and be ready to be able to contribute next year. Yeah, yeah Ren is go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Ledbetter's a guy who's been in the hopper, as you talked about, a couple of preseasons. He's been developing. I was really surprised to hear all the praise that's been that's been dumped on him because you know, watching practices, uh, not last year, we didn't, you know, try to go, but the two years before that, one year Ledbetter wasn't there. I went to every single practice, like every single one. And he would flash, you know, like maybe every other day, but it'd be for like one rep or two reps. So hearing him sort of uh, climb up the charts and getting, you know, sort of praise uh, that's not asked about unwarranted praise is, is is something nice to hear, especially since, you know, ev- everyone's old. You know, you talk about McClendon, also the second oldest guy who's going to take a, a snap as a defensive lineman is Dominican Sue. Yeah. So we got the two oldest. Yeah. So. Um, if the, pl- the fans that are in the know, they know about Khalil Davis. We talked about, he's quick twitch. He's more of a Gerald McCoy type, get between the gaps, a penetrator, a disruptor type. That's sort of where he hangs. It's like yeah. when he gets in trouble, that's what he goes to. That's where he hangs his hat. Led better. What is about him? Is it like tenacious motor? Is it power? Does he have a good toolbox? Is it get off? Like when you've seen him this year and his improvement, when you watch him in the reps, like what what's sort of at his outstanding trait? Well, for for right now, we're starting to see them as the pads come on, especially, you know, a little bit yesterday and now even more today from what I'm hearing from the guys at practice is they're starting to mix up matchups. So before he was going against the unit two, I mean unit yeah, unit two, unit three offensive line. So mm-hmm. um he was he was definitely showing out with his strength, um, his ability to get after the pass rusher. Uh but I I would like to see him as camp go on when they do those mix and match, I want to see him up against the ones. I want to see him up against the gents and a, and a Marpet and a, and a mm-hmm. cap. I want to see how he does and performs. Um, he might've gone up against him today. I wasn't there to, to uh, witness that, but that's where I really want to see him. For me, Ledbetter is the ultimate utility guy. Um, I'm not sure you're a basketball guy or any of the listeners are, but Ryan Gomes is a player for the Celtics and he wasn't going to do anything specifically well, but he was going to do everything good, and I think that's I think that's Ledbetter. Is he, he's a good backup. He's going to be able to, you know, stop the run a little bit, rush the passer a little bit, hold the blockers at the point of attack. He's going he's going to be able to all that stuff. You can see uh, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look like Doctor Evil now. <laughs> you know, my, my my cat has made a cameo. There he goes. He can do a little bit of everything good, but not anything exceptional. Um. So I think that's really what you're labeling at. Whereas you diagnose Khalil Davis's game, you know, he's he's going to be a pass rusher disruptor. His run stopping ability is going to be a work in progress. Well, he showed some progress. Um, 
it's just going to come down to a numbers game, really. And mm-hmm. that's what it's. And it's funny that we're talking about this, and we're talking about the back of the back of the back of the end guys. Yeah, the seventh defensive tackle. Got hope that you hope you never see play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I it's 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 going to be a battle between those two. I think, like I said, I think Kyle Davis, based on his the different ability he brings and the difference making that he can, uh, you know, bring as a sub rusher. I think he'll probably get the nod over Ledbetter, but I wouldn't be, not be surprised to see them try to sneak him on the practice squad. I just think another team might see him as a really good backup and try to swipe him away. So I, just to finish off and then go ahead, Steve. So I'm hearing after, you know, we're going to put McClendon in there. I know that you're not hundred percent sold on, we're going to put him in there after that from what you've seen and sort of the feeling around Peter report, and I don't want to kind of put words in their mouth, but from, from your ranking right now, after that, you're thinking Davis led better. And then, uh, the yeah. guy from Washington who I can't really pronounce. Benning, Benning Potawai, yeah. 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 So, poke. yeah so, I'm going to call him poke. You'd go with the top four, McClendon, Pat O'Connor, and then Cleo Davis would probably round up my group. Oh, Pat O'Connor. Okay. 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 Yeah. Cool. Cool. Sorry, Steve. Oh no, I was just I was just gonna say that uh, you know he mentioned uh, JC mentions Ryan Gomes. I'm just glad he didn't bring a Brian Scalabrini. Uh, <laughs> if you're if we're gonna if we're gonna go that gonna go that gonna go that route uh, for a guy that that doesn't do anything great, but uh, <laughs> just is out there uh, with the with the motor going. Uh, Ren, of course, is big on on the uh, on the defensive line. I'm on the other side uh, of the football. Uh, you know, looking at the offensive line, uh, and for me. Uh, you know the the guy that I've been looking forward to to hearing about is is Robert Hainsey because you know they take him in the third round this year, and the the question is what what were they going to do with him? And we saw during minicamp and we saw during OTAs him working in the middle of the offensive line at, at center. Uh, what have you seen from Hainsey here in the uh, in the first you know few days in pads? Uh, when it comes to uh, you know him working on the offensive line, is he is he going to be the the successor to Ryan Jensen? Seeing as Jensen's only got one more year left uh, on his deal, does he become that that interior offensive lineman uh, guru here that they try and make play three positions? Does he play guard and and does he back up both uh, both guards and the center this year? What 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 do you see? As the as the role for Robert Hainsey this year, well, I think that's what the coaching staff would like. I think um, I don't think they necessarily want to move on from Jensen. It will come down to contract and terms. Uh, Jensen was a player I thought that they would have already restructured and extended just to mm-hmm. open up cap space as one of the league's top centers. And you really don't mm-hmm. want to mess with an offensive line, um, especially a center with a quarterback that connection that they have. Uh, but you know, when they drafted Hainsey, it was kind of a, a lot of fans were. Kind of, and me included, actually, we're kind of scratching. Really, this guy, yeah. um, especially because fan favorite was still on the board, and um, the center from Wisconsin Whitewater. Oh yeah, escaping me right now for Chubby Tubby. Yeah, he's now with the Broncos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, you know, since he's come into camp, starting at rookie camp, he's taken every single snap at center. He hasn't he hasn't been a tackle, hasn't been a guard. He's been taking every snap at center, uh, and that's continued here into training camp. Um, pads come on still at center with the second unit. Uh, one day last week, Ryan Jensen was out before pads came on. He was taking snaps with the starting unit. 
Um, today, Ryan Jensen, again, out taking snaps with, with a starting unit. I did not hear anything about him having any miscues snapping the ball, but it's an adjustment for him. He's never played center. The first time he snapped the ball really you know, not messing around was in January when he was pre- preparing for the combine. Mm-hmm. So this is a guy who's learned the position in seven, mo- eight months um, and has looked really, really well. Now he's had his rookie moments going up against Vita Vea or, you know, some of these other guys and they've gotten, uh, I think uh, led better, you know, had, a, had a good rep on him the other day as well in 11 on 11. He's had his moments where he's looked like a rookie center. Um, mm-hmm. for the most part he's been, I've been very, very impressed with how quickly he's been able to not only assimilate to a position he's never played, but how quickly he's been able to be proficient at it. I mean, I haven't really not seen one weakness in his game. He's making calls at the line. He's being able to um, pick up switches and, and, you know, identify blitzers. He's been able to snap the ball really well. Haven't seen any miscues from him. Uh, got adjusted to the towel down his butt crack that Tom likes. So with the baby powder. So he's been able to come in, step in. And I think, not that I think, I know he will be this team's number two center. Whether he's a successor to Ryan Jensen or not, I think is a different story because you're also losing Alex Kappa. What they want to do here and what I've seen a lot. Losing of- Alex Kappa, you're calling it? They might, they might be losing Alex Kappa. Okay, okay. <laughs> they might be losing Alex Kappa. And what I've seen a lot this camp, you know, with other players on the team is, you know, cross-training at a, a multiple positions, especially on the line, and I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but cross-training at multiple positions is something that they've wanted to do. We know Jensen can play guard. We know Marpet can play center. Well, let's get this kid down to play center. We know he can play right tackle. If we can get him to go parallel, we can get him to go staggered stance and be a guard or a tackle. Um, let's get him the the reps here first to make sure we're we're safe because I remember you remember last year they didn't have a backup center until they brought in AQ Shipley. Well, mm-hmm. here we have a backup center on the roster first, and then we can start messing with this kid and playing with him at guard and whatever the positions that we have. We know we think he can play that. So whether he's a successor to Ryan Jensen or a successor to maybe Kappa, I mean that will be remain to be seen. And also draft someone, bring someone in, agree to terms with one of them. But mm-hmm. it's definitely. Be, he's he's been a bright spot in camp for sure. Let's face it. Um, you know, he went to Notre Dame. The the <laughs> towel in the butt's probably going to be no problem for him with the with the, with the baby powder. Um, no, but I I am curious. In in your opinion, you know, obviously learning the role of center. You know, that's you know, that's where Ryan Jensen is going to help uh, Hainsey yeah. the most. But how big of a help? is someone like having someone like Tom who knows exactly what he feels a center's role needs to be help someone like Hainsey who has never like you said he's never done any sort of snapping until January well I don't know how much how much Brady can actually help him develop as a player but what Brady can offer him is helping him develop um, routine and patterns and what Brady likes and establishing this is what I like, this is what I want to do. So if there's a need for him to come into a game this year or if Jensen does go and they decide to make him the starting center, they'll be able to hit the ground running because he'll know what Brady's like. The, the biggest help besides Ryan Jensen is on, the, is on the roster as a coach and a brand new coach this year, and that's A.Q. Shipley. Thank you. Because mm-hmm. AQ was, he's been in this system for multiple years going back to to – uh, Bruce Arians' time in Pittsburgh, then into Arizona, and then last year. So he knows what 
you know, BA wants in a center. He knows what he, what the responsibilities are on the offense. And, you know, Jensen, he's got his own stuff to worry about too, but you've got a guy who's essentially, you know, started a game last year for the team um, when Marpet went out and Jensen had to move to guard. So you have a guy that you can pick sprain who's, who's actually played last year on the same team. So I think, He's going to be a huge beneficial. And then the coaching staff, the offensive line coaching staff is just great with Gilbert and, yeah. and everybody else. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're tier one. That's that's the, the the wonderful thing about what the Glazers do and what they've allowed BA is to have such a large coaching staff. And I, I bring this up whenever I get the chance. It's it's like going to a, a sending your kid to a school that has a teacher and two teacher assistants, right? You're getting more hands-on learning from having more people in the room. You know, the offensive line right now has essentially a center coach with AQ Shipley, a guard coach and a tackle coach. There's three coaches for the offensive line and having that one-on-one time and having those opportunities to learn and get pick their brain and get the reps. And it's just going to be beneficial for, for the entire line. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Let's move to the outside. Uh, the tackles, you know, yeah. um, Donovan Smith ever since, you know, this coaching staff, we just talked about God here has been trending straight up. Um, played his best football after the bye week and through the playoffs. Uh, Tristan Wirth can do no wrong. You know, it's a move over Chris hey, Evans. Tristan Wirth is playing Captain America from now on. Uh, so, yeah, you know, he's going to be – that guy's never going to have to – if he stays in Tampa, he'll never pay for a meal or buy a drink for the rest of his life. Uh, so we're talking about backup. Is this Josh Wells, is, uh, who's been with the Bucks a few years, um, job to lose or the only player that opted out uh with the with the bucks um last year brad seaton who's also been up and down with the bucks for a few years the guy's a monster he's six nine but put him in cleats and a helmet he looks like he's seven feet tall he's easily the biggest player at least the tallest player on on the team um is it is it is it wells is it seaton am i forgetting somebody that that that's been popping at tackle that uh you may like who's who's do you think is going to be that active tackle on game day, you know, three days in pads, one week in training camp, make the call. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think it's Josh Wells. And, and again, okay. going back to the, the cross training is he's seen a lot of time at right tackle as well as left tackle. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's been running the two unit um, with, with Seton uh, because really lack of options at tackle. They had Calvin Ashley leave in the middle of camp. Uh, replace him with Chidi uh, Okiki, who came in and, and filled his spot. But um, they've been kind of splitting time at right and left tackle. Now, I think Josh Wells, it's, it's his spot. He's come in. He's proven he's had a start. He's, you know, didn't play amazing, but he still did a, you know, valiant effort and did a job enough where he didn't cost you a game, didn't lose you a game, although he did. Tom Brady's still alive. Two sacks, exactly. But uh, he he's definitely the guy. Now, where the interesting part of it, and I'm going to, Cross pollinate into the guard competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relevant. Um, it, it's going to come down to you got your eight, right? It's going to Stinney's in there for sure. Hainsey's in there for sure. And Josh Wells is in there for sure. You have your eight. I do think this team will keep a ninth. I don't think they'll keep a tenth because I think they'll want roster flexibility and they'll be able to call up players again like they did last year um, with the new with the practice squad rules remaining in place. So I think they will have a ninth on the team. And it's going to really come down to their preference. Do they want someone that can play tackle and only tackle uh, as a Brad Seaton who's playing, getting time at left and right tackle? Or do they want a guard who can play, you know, multiple guard positions and maybe center spot in a pinch? That's where Nick Lavrette, the second year player, um, 
spent the entire season on the practice squad. Surprisingly, he has been getting he's been running with the twos at both left tack, uh, left guard and right guard. So they're training him at both guard positions. Now, back in rookie minicamp when he was out here because of you know age requirement, you can come out there if you're a second year player or whatever. Um, and at OTAs, he was also getting some snaps at center, especially during uh, voluntary OTAs and rookie minicamp, kind of circling these guys in. So he's got spots at right guard, left guard, and you know a little bit of time at center. What surprised me was two days ago, which was Saturday, I saw him out there with a third unit at right tackle. So they're mm. trying Nick Lavrette at right tackle today. He was yesterday. He was out there at right tackle, and today he was also getting reps out at right tackle. So they're training still with the threes today. Um, I'm not sure about today. Yesterday, probably though. Yeah. yeah. So probably. he's been getting trained at right tackle as well as being the number two left or right guard any given day, any given series um, with a two. So. It's going to come down to versatility. We know that. Who's going to make the last spot? Who can do more for you on game day if they have to? Who can do it better? Who can do it well? Um, Brad Seaton might be, he is probably the better right and left tackle, but do you want a guy who can play right tackle, guard, both guard spots, and potentially center if he definitely needs to? Or do you want to keep the guy who's just going to be your left and right swing tackle when you already have one on the, on the, on the roster? The thing is, there is the thought process is okay, so you have. Your starting guards, you have Hainsey, you have Sit, um, you have Stinney. You kind of have four guards, four players who can play guard on the roster. You right. have three guys who can play tackle. It's really going to depend on Lavrette's continued development at right tackle, whether they see him as being a guy with his versatility that they want to keep over Seaton. I think just being in three days worth of camp, it, the battles come down to him, those two. It, it's Seaton versus Lavrette. Just based on the snaps, based on the units they're working with. Yesterday during one on ones, Lavrette had a great play um, at guard, just standing up and pushing uh, Clil Davis right out of the way. This was after the first unit went, and Davis had his way with Ali Marpet. So um, then he jumped over to the third unit on right tackle. So they're they're definitely trying to get him as many reps at that spot as they can. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Then you guys got guys like John Mulchin. Um, right. Started the season last year on the roster, on the active roster, just to go on IR for the first couple weeks, um, then finished out the season on practice squad. Um, you have other guys like uh, Hutchinson. Everyone's very excited about him. Yeah, Donald Stanley is a, is another center who, but you have Sedarius Hutchinson, which is a guy I was I, I've been looking to see as well. He's a big man. <laughs> he's a big man. Uh, he can <laughs> he can you know he's got great strength, great ability, uh, great athleticism. Um, I just think it's a numbers game he's going to run into. And while they gave him the most, one of the most guaranteed money contracts out of any um, undrafted free right. this year, Bucks, Bucks have they do that? They do do that. That they will spend did it with extra Reece money Reece. to bring in an undrafted free agent. They do it almost every year. Yeah. So I think I, I think the goal is to get him on the practice squad. Um, Unless he just continues to show out, if he you know balls out, he's been mostly running with the threes. Had some time with the twos, but I just think at this point, if they're going to go with a guard, it looks like Lavrette's going to be the guy. And if they're going to go with a tackle, it definitely looks like um, they're going to go with, with Seaton. So, still plenty of training camp, you know, for people to prove themselves and change coaching staff's mind. In my mind, and also you know, knock on knock on wood, but injuries to pop up and give other people mm -hmm. opportunities to get in and get more reps, starting reps, etc. cetera. Uh, veteran days off like Hainsey had today. So um, for me right now, if I had to pick a guy and this goes against what I had because I rank them, 
I had Lavrette on the practice squad. I had Sedarius Hutchinson making the team before camp, but I'm going to go with Lavrette making the roster. Seaton right there behind him with probably Hutchinson, Mulchin after that. And we can get into Donald Stanley and Chidio Kiki, but those guys probably mm-hmm. won't be out of camp. Uh, Mulchin, mm-hmm. Mulchin, Seaton, probably, or Hutchinson, two of those three will probably go to the practice squad if they can make it through the waiver process. Uh, it's All right. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, as we move off of the line of scrimmage, finally, um, I, I, I want to talk about the running back situation because it is. <sighs> I know. Rent, rent, rent hates when I, when I get in, when I get, there's nothing to talk about. Sure. There is. Okay. Okay. Not, not, not starting running back situation. There's no, there's no, there's no question what the, what the the four guys are the four guys, the four guys are the four guys, but I want to, we know, we know, we know what the roles of the first two guys are going to be. And And the third and and the fourth, I don't, but I'm, but I'm curious, but I'm curious about that third and fourth, you know, Geo Bernard versus. Steve oh, you want to, you want a status update? Okay. I'm yeah, sorry. I, um, because, because to me, because I thought, to I me, thought this I was think... a ranking. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, status update. I mean, they've all looked good. And I talking think about Geo Vardy, you're talking about Geo Vardy. That's not a word. Giovanni Bernard. <laughs> there we go. Sometimes he just makes receptions that look like a wide receiver is doing it. And his pass protection, we already all know about that. It's just mm-hmm. showing up. Um, you know, it's it's it, it's going to be a one two three punch. It's, I mean, a lot of people want to say one two punch with Gio and and uh, with I mean with Rojo and and Lenny, but I think it's really going to be a one two three punch. This offense is going to be able to be so uh, diverse and so dynamic that I mean, literally, you could put Gio out there on a running play, mm-hmm. running behind this offensive line, he could have success. Keyshawn Vaughn has been really, really has looked really sharp. Drew the praise of Coach Arians yesterday. Um, he's going to more to that. What do you mean sharp? Like, what's he doing well? Is it, is it, is it well. jump cuts? Is it speed? Like, what yeah. Oh, yeah. what makes it? Yeah, okay. He, look, he, look, he looks in much better shape than he did last year, which is um, you know to be expected with a full off season. Uh, he started the season last year with COVID and. Mm-hmm. So that really hindered him. But yeah, he looks like, you know, he looks faster. He looks quicker. He understands the game better. Um, he's getting in and out of his cuts much better as a receiver. He's catching a lot of the balls thrown his way. I think he's had one drop. Um, he's been able to turn up some of them upfield for touchdowns. As a runner, he looks a little bit, uh, um, a lot more decisive when picking lanes, which to run through. Um, again, you know, it's a third day in pads, so I don't want to say too much about what this player could be, but I really think if he can carve out a role on special teams somewhere, even if it's just one or two units, he's going to be active on game days, and he's going to be worked in the game plan. Uh, you can see why the coaching staff liked him so much to draft him in the third round, and they had a second-round grade on him the year prior if he would have came out. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see how he's not featured on some in some way in some of these offensive game plans just because of his versatility. He's a good runner. He's a good receiver. He's good at pass blocking. Again, it's just growing as a player, having that, making that first year, second year jump. And so far, he's looked pretty good at camp. Again, third third practice. I can't stress third practice in pads. Haven't seen him go up against anybody but his own team, no preseason or anything else. But you know what I've seen so far, I think he should definitely, and he will definitely be in the, in the mix at running back in the rotation to get snaps on the field. 
See, that's all. That's that's the sort of thing that I that I was curious about because because everybody's you know we talk about playoff Lenny, we talk about Rojo. You know, they bring in uh, Gio Bernard and and you know going to Tom Brady uh, in the offseason and going, what do you think of Gio Bernard? Oh, I like that. Let me know if how, how I can help. You know, I I thought that Vaughn was being I I I don't want to say overlooked, but the the fact is that you know there there was thought. Uh, and from some people well, that 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 you know he was in the doghouse for for all the things that happened last year. So Hummels. yeah, and, and yes, um, I'm not saying I'm not. You saying. had Rojo going off, almost hit a thousand yards. You had let uh, you know Leonard Fournette, who really didn't turn it on until after that bye week and after Rojo went down. Mm-hmm. Then he put like Geo, and then you look at the draft class. I mean, Trishan Wirfs, you know, should have been a Pro Bowl right tackle. Mm-hmm. Antoine Winfield probably should have won the Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And then you move to your third-round pick, and, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn struggled to see the field, had a few fumbles. You know, he, he did have a really nice game against the Lions where he ran for 65, 65 yards. Yep. Um, you know, you then he makes a mistake in the playoff game against Washington. But you look at the you, you look at fans' expectations versus team expectations, and while the team, I'm sure – wants, you know, expecting more out of him, fans' expectations for a third-round pick running back. You know, when you look at the first two picks, it's through the roof. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's the only guy left on contract after this year. Now they could bring yeah. back any one of the three ahead of him or they could use a first-round pick, much to Ren's dismay, at, at a running back next year in the draft. <laughs> but, you know, that it remains to be seen. So you, you want to get the guy reps. You want to get him out there and – no, it's up to him to make sure he's putting the work to be able to get out there. And so far, what I've seen in camp, he's he's been doing that, just that. And he's been getting reps with the with the ones too. I'm not anti first round running back. Yes, now, you we're are. the no, I'm not. It where the it depends on what 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 the roster looks like. I'll be perfectly honest. Like, and also, <clears throat> I've sort of already started looking into interior defensive linemen. And again, it's not. So, I mean, it's very early. I haven't looked at all of them, but but. You know, when you sort of look at like the best defensive players or the top 10 players in SEC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12, not a lot of interior defensive linemen are being talked about. Now, of course, they have to play the whole season. And of course, that's where I want them to go. But if it ends up being a class like last year, I'm not going to like say the Bucks need to take a first round, you know, defensive tackle. Like, I wouldn't want them to take Christian Barmer just because we need to get youth there. I would, I would, I would, wouldn't mind taking uh you know uh a running back who was the kid from alabama whoever who everyone liked or tri- yeah or, or if atn was there like i wouldn't mind that probably- now if you're picking top 10 and you're taking a running back like that's just stupid you're top you're not top 10 because you can't run the ball you're not top 10 because you don't have an offensive line you don't have a defense you don't have any weapons you don't have a quarterback like that's why you're top 10 um and uh you know Ezekiel Elliott's not going to fix that for you so just want to go on the record <laughs> all right so what we're going to hop over to the defensive side now quit controlling the show <laughs> JC <laughs> I, I, I want to run through these through these things for you I just want to see if Carney wants to talk about kickers and punters before we before we go to uh Borgales has been looked really sharp you know he's okay. been thank you jc that. it's very nice thank you all right let's go to cornerbacks of course the top three are locked in um if when you look at this roster and you have to point to something that hey this may not go the way we think it's gonna go 
it's going to be cornerback just because they're young, a little bit of inexperience, lots of up and down. Of course, they all played up last year uh, after the bye week and through the playoffs. Carlton Davis is, is, is a top 10 corner, could possibly get in the top five conversation this year. But Dean and uh, SMB for their careers have been very roller coaster. But they're, they're still locked in as starters. You could make an argument if you want to have that talk that SMB might start playing more outside and then do the Rondé Barber jump inside on, on uh, you know, when they go nickel. Don't really care about that. Ross Cockrell might be a safety, might yeah. give them position flexibility so they can carry that extra offensive lineman or an extra edge or something like that. Uh, but Cockrell sort of there in the fourth. There's lots of guys out there making plays like Brooks and Hamilton and, uh, and uh, uh, I can't even read my own writing. Who's the guy from Navy? Cameron Kinley. 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 So, and there's lots of guys making all these plays. So, and of course, in training camp, you carry a lot of cornerbacks. So, who stood out? Who do you think is, is sort of leading the leader in the clubhouse at, the, at that fifth spot? Do you think Cockrell is the fourth guy? Um, let's talk. Yeah. Talk to us about corners. It's tough. I mean, it's really tough because all yeah. the have been really inconsistent. Cockrell has split time and, you know, he's in the safety. He's doing meetings in the safety room right now, whether they're going to, and he's looked really good. I mean, three interceptions today at practice, right? Going, building off, you know, his, his sister's win at the Olympics to send her to the gold medal game. Um, but Cockrell has looked really good at safety. So, you, you know, your question there is, is he the fourth cornerback as well as the fourth safety? You know, that's a question to have. Um, but as, and then that will open up, you know, the fifth cornerback spot. If he, if they're keeping him directly at safety, now that could possibly open up the fifth, a uh, fourth and fifth spot at cornerback. Out of all the guys you mentioned, Antonio Hamilton probably has made the most splash plays, but he's also been very inconsistent and has gotten burnt a lot by, you know, a guy like Mike Evans and such and such. In a perfect world, Ren, you want your fifth cornerback to be Ryan Smith, who did not see a snap at cornerback last year and was yes. strictly <laughs> special teams. So really, it, it comes down to watching special teams and, you know, they've done some work, but not enough. Not enough for me to really say, okay, this guy's going to be the fifth cornerback because of his special teams prowess. If I had to pick right now, you know, Nate Brooks had a great play. He had a great play on Saturday, on Sunday where he tipped the ball up into the air and then intercepted it himself. The very next play, he got burnt deep for a touchdown. It seems yeah. to be that's what happens. It's been, it, it seems to be the common theme yeah. sort of with yeah. these guys after the top three. Yeah. It's like, it's oh, what a great play. Oh, like you, that was your guy. See the guy dancing in the end zone? That was your man. Like, what are you and doing? Cameron Kimley is just, I feel like AB is bullying him at this point. You know, <laughs> um, he's just been getting burnt. He's made a few good plays. And then Herb Miller has quietly had a decent camp, too. He's got oh, yeah, Herb. He's made some plays. You know, if I if they're gonna go with three cornerbacks and Ross as a safety, probably Herb Miller and Antonio Hamilton. If they're gonna go with just a fifth cornerback, I, I want to say Antonio Hamilton just because of his special teams. Herb Miller knows the defense a little bit more because he's been here, but I think Antonio Hamilton probably gives you. I mean, he's been on he's been on the act. He's played in every game last year for the Chiefs, including the Super Bowl as a special teamer. I think if you're looking for strictly special teams, that's the guy you might want to go with. Only thing is that you know his recent comments suggest he's anti-vax, and if Herb Miller is vaccinated compared to Antonio Hamilton, which way do they lean that way? I hate mm -hmm. to put that politics into it, but it is going vaccination to be isn't politics. It's going to be into the brought into the discussion. So 
Um, for me, it's between those two guys with Cameron Kinley, you know, lucky if he earns a practice squad spot. We'll see Chris Wilcox, who just got promoted off the PSA. Yes. We'll see what he can do and how he can add to that competition. But again, without more special teams work, without observing more kickoff, punt return, see how many units these guys are actually on. I, um, it, it's tough for me to say, yes, this guy's definitely the fifth. But let's go with Antonio Hamilton right now, slightly above Herb Miller with Brooks and then Cameron Kinley, you know, trailing in behind. Yeah, you talked about, you know, uh, Wilcox and uh, uh, how, you know, you want Ryan Smith to be your fifth corner, only play special teams and never see the, never play one down of actual defense. Uh, it seems that Wilcox is just like a taller, faster, it's hard to say he's a better tackler, even though he hasn't missed a tackle since like 2017, uh, version of Ryan Smith. And you could make an argument and you'd be hard for me. It'd be hard for you to get me off uh, the premise of, the reason Chris Wilcox is here is because Ryan Smith is not. Yeah. And I mean, you're going to look at this guy and obviously it's going to be his first, you know, real time out there with pads going up right. against NFL players. And it's going to take an adjustment period for him. It's how quickly can he adjust to the NFL speed? How quickly can he, you know, continue to improve and show up and, you know, he's going to get chances to play probably, you know, he will get chances to play in this, in this preseason game coming up next weekend. He'll get chances to show off in practice. And uh, just like any young guy drafted in the seventh round, you know, for, you know, what appears to be special teams purposes, he's got to show up and he's got to put the film on there. And if he does that, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think you look at his size, look at his speed. I don't think there's any reason why, he can't he can't carve out that role and take that fifth cornerback spot. It's wide open. Out of all the spots right now, I think that fifth cornerback spot is wide open um, that that people are fighting for. I mean, you look at other spots and it's okay. It's down to him and down to him. Maybe him. Cornerback is wide open. Anybody who's there. Anybody and who's dressed. It could, be, it could be anybody's game right now. Really cool. can't go one way or another on cornerback. Like I said, maybe Antonio Hamilton just because of his experience right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. So on, uh, on staying with special teams here, uh, we're going to go to my favorite guy, uh, as Ren knows, who is uh, Jaden Darlin, uh, <laughs> Jalen Darden. Um, he's darling. Know, he's he's yes. darling on this podcast. Yes. Jaden Darling on this on, on yes. this part on this podcast. Steve called him Jalen Darling the first time he said his name. So yeah. yeah. Me being and, the gracious and, co-host automatically made that a, a yeah. rule. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is a rule that that uh, that uh, Jalen Darden has to be known as Jaden Darlin uh, on this on this podcast. You know, I, could is he now like the the biggest um, special teams threat that this team has had since like say Michael Spurlock? I mean, you think yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean his ability to just go is you know, especially even as a wide receiver. I mean he he kind of beat. Carlton Davis are off the line, but uh, today for a nice touchdown. But I mean, just his ability, you know, his punt turn, his field vision. Uh, he he led. Uh, he was number three in the in the nation last year in the in college with yards after catch. So he's he's got great vision to see the field. And once the guy gets going, it's really hard to bring him down. He's very elusive, quick, twitch, fast, uh, all the above. Um, as a punt returner, he looks to be the same way. Uh, they've only done a few practices that I've been able to watch with the pads on, where they're actually tackling. And it's still Mickens is getting most of the first um, the first returns, and then Jalen's getting out there, and even Scotty Miller's been out there a little bit. Yeah, uh, yesterday's practice, um, they did do a they did have a punt, and for the first punt, um, it was Jalen Darden out there. 
Um, didn't do much with it. It was a short, shallow punt, but uh, I, I think it's his game to lose. It's just continuing to improve. Show you can do it in a game. Show you can do it when it counts. And he, he's going to be the guy. And you know, you look at his career. Um, he kind of backed off in the recent years at college because his, he started ascending more as a wide receiver. But you know, he had a touchdown. He had a good punt. Another. He'll be up back there and kick returns. Um, he's definitely not. He's definitely on the roster. I mean, he's taking reps with the mm. ones. So. Um, it, it's going to be a really uphill battle for Mickens to try to beat him out. But mm-hmm. look really great as a wide receiver too, and we know what he can do as a kick returner. Um, as a punt returner, Mickens was not that great. I think he had average six yards per per return. So it's just it, it's just going to come down to more reps again for these young guys. It's more reps proving you can do it, and you're not going to be a liability in a game. Starts with the preseason, then to the regular season, and so on and so forth. But um, if they can keep a guy like Mickens around on the practice squad as insurance, I think they will. For, for certain, but I think Jalen Darden's got the job wrapped up. All right, last one, and then we'll go to a rapid fire. We've talked a little bit about it, safeties. Um, talked about the beginning of the show. I'm not really interested in having a conversation if Edward pushes out Whitehead. I do have a galaxy brain theory that Devin White's speed on the inside kind of may uh, negate Whitehead's best ability, which is coming up setting the edge. Um, so, you know, that, that that's, I haven't formulated yet. Shouldn't even brought it up anyway. So you got Whitehead, <laughs> you got Edwards, you got, uh, um, I'm sorry, Antonio Winfield who got Cockrell. We're going to put for this conversation, we're going to put Cockrell as the fourth corner. Okay. okay. Who, who's look good. Who do you know. got? Okay. But just anyone besides Javon Hagan. It's Javon Hagen. I mean, it's <laughs> Javon, Hagen, Javon Hagen's are going to be the fourth. As, as, as this is, this has been a back Ren. and forth with. Destroys with, Ren. Well, I this mean, has that, been a back and forth with JC and I for a while. We were in like a fantasy football Zoom type of thing. And uh, all of a sudden, JC had nowhere. Goes, oh, look, Javon Hagen. Like, like uh, it's like he texts him or something and had to like drop. And I'm like, who the fuck's Javon Hagen? <laughs> you know, he's like trying to name drop. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, who the hell are you talking about? So he's been a huge Javon Hagen guy because he's had his number for like two years. And every time he brings him up, I'm just like, Homer. So this is where this starts. Besides your dad, Javon Hagen. There's nobody else. Nobody except mean, Yes, yes. I mean, yeah. How can anyone yeah. claim your bias? There's absolutely no one else. No one. No they one at all. They had undrafted guy Lawrence White, who's made some plays and he's showed up a little bit um, here and there. He's also been picked on a little bit. They also have Chris Cooper, who they just brought in from Stony Brook. Right. Um, he was uh, formerly with the Denver. Never played a game. They had Augie Contrasta that they released, and then mm-hmm. Raven's been out for the first week, so he's only oh, been that's back. Right. Ravens hasn't been playing. He's, he's only been back for the last three days since they put pads on. He's been doing well on special teams, but a, as far as safety play goes, Javon's been running with that third, gr- second, third group the entire time. Um, and, you know, yesterday he had a nice break on the ball against Mike Evans. Should have been an interception. Dropped it uh, today again. He uh, Stonehand. Stonehand's Hagen, as you know, around here. <laughs> also, had a, also had another PBU today, which could have been an interception. So if they go, you know, it depends on what they're going to do and the versus what they want to do with, with Ross Cockrell. But it, I mean, it sounds it, like yeah. you're saying that Hagen's biggest competition for the safety position, if Raven Green, you know, we'll it's see. Cockrell. Yeah, is Cockrell. 
So yeah. if they move Cockrell to safety, that's kind of where where uh, Hagen can be the odd man out. Exactly. And, you know, Raven Green, again, three days in, we haven't seen enough of him, right. yet, you know, to really make a, you know, a educated opinion as a safety. He's been on special teams and looked well there, but I mean, I'm not an X's and O's on special teams. I don't know many people who are if you're not special teams coaches. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it, how it shakes down right now. If you're going to go, if, if Cockrell's the fourth cornerback, Hagan's probably your fourth safety. Um, if they move Cockrell over to safety permanently, then we're looking at a, a numbers crunch there. How do they make it work? Do they keep five safeties because they have, it's almost like, you know, do you, what do you, what do you do? Do you keep five safeties and you have Cockrell play both positions? So it just gives them a lot of flexibility, especially on game days as well. Right. So when they I'm, cut Hagen, um, will he be sleeping on your couch? <laughs> no, he'll be on the practice. Okay. okay yeah, he'll, be sleeping, he'll be sleeping on the practice squad. <laughs> or, or he'll be claimed. <laughs> uh, you, you, we've, we've talked about Cockrell a couple of times, of course. Um, uh, I just, I just want to, I just want to know. Do you think he gets mad that he's no longer the best athlete in his family, uh, or, or, or the or the most well known athlete on his family? He had a one upper today with three interceptions, so we'll see. <laughs> he does have a ring? She might have a gold. I, she might get a gold medal, but he's got a Super Bowl ring. So I, I mean, I mean, it's it. I think this this is a it's it's a fun story to to be around is to watch. Uh, you know these uh, these NFL athletes. And their family members who are right now in the middle of the of the Olympics. I mean, you saw uh, Lions quarterback David Blau and his uh, his uh, is his Ooh. wife Ooh, Anna, yeah. or his fiance yeah. that, that that's, uh, in, that's in there as well. Beat out in that race today. Yes. So it, we got to one. It's it's all about one upsmanship in the NFL. Yeah. I think Robert so. Quinn's sister. Yeah, she won a gold medal too. Yeah. All right, let's get to the fun part of the show. First off, JC, nice job, man. Home run. Uh, yes. Very, very long-winded answers, which, you know, is what we look for. It's just like, you know, okay, uh, you know, Frank, third string QB, go. And you talk for 10 minutes. It's perfect. It's great. I um, think you did a good job. Um, I'm sure most, a lot of people already know your computer report, but this is just a way to sort of introduce you to, you know, our listening base. Um, but what I've done is I'm doing a sort of like a rapid fire. And I talked about this. I don't remember if I talked about the beginning of the show, but I definitely told you pre-show, um, you can him and haw, but you can't give long winded answers. Okay. So this is like, like one sentence max. Okay. Now, some of these we kind of talked about and ruined. Thanks, Carney. Uh, (laughs) I didn't tell you all the questions. So it's not your fault. Uh, okay. And we're going to go through these. All right, here we go. There's five of them. No time limit, so don't feel pressure. Take your time, but do not do not be long-winded. Is Darden as quick as advertised? Yes, especially off the line. He's beating guys at Carlton Davis out. That's He's got elite feet, Antonio Brown-type feet at the line? It's it's impressive. All right. Joe Tryon's best attribute? Um, it's quick off the snap. I mean, this, again, as advertised, he gets off the snap and can really uh, create havoc so far in the backfield. Will Cameron Kinley make the team? Unfortunately, no. Um, he just looks, he looks again, he's going against top competition. He just does looks out of place. Practice squad candidate potentially uh, with the year of seasoning. We'll see. Are you crying? Carney? A little bit. I, I'm a Navy guy. I, you know, I, I like, 
I like guys like Keenan Reynolds and Cameron Kinley to make teams, especially when they get the def- the the Secretary of Defense to waive their uh, uh, to waive their mil- military commitment so they can get this opportunity. Yeah, Hopefully, Cameron Kinley is going to be really successful as a person, though. So don't worry about it. Yes, he is. Will OJ Howard uh, be tight end one, number one by the end of the season? Health is going to be a big factor. Mm-hmm. But I think he could put up tight end one numbers. I still think Gronk is the guy who gets to start. All right. Here are your answers. You can answer answer happy or elated. Okay. Are you happy or elated that you got Mark Cook fired and has no insurance and is on the brink of starvation? Uh, uh, Again, I, we're looking for happy or elated. I took Taylor Jenkins' spot on <laughs> when, he, when he left for the Plant City. Um, time, so I had nothing to do with that. Okay. Noted. Chicken. Got it. Well, man, tell everybody where they can find you, what you guys are, what you're working on, what Pewter Report's working on, you know, you know the spiel, do everything, and then talk about Locker Room, too. Yeah, you guys can find me uh, on Twitter at JCAllenNFL. Uh, give me a follow there. Almost at 1,000. Let's get it up there. Uh, always tweeting stuff from Pewter Report, um, anything Bucks related. It's pretty much the one-stop shop for anything Bucks, whether it's from the Bucks themselves, PFF, Tampa Bay, any news or anything going on, and all of our articles and stuff at Pewter Report. I'll be at training camp. We'll be pumping out um, best quotes of the day. We'll be, we'll be pumping out training camp highlights along with a bunch of different other stories. So definitely check us out at Peter Report um, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, if you haven't already. Other than that, uh, guys, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me DMs, and I'll be happy to do uh, chop it up with you guys there as well. And Locker Room? Uh, yes, Locker Room, now gr- Spotify Green Room. It's a great place to go and just converse with. Oh, with yeah, fans. sorry, Green Room. Whether you're whether you know you're doing a watch party, whether you're just want to talk about culture, music, sports, uh, definitely check that out. Give me and Ren a follow on there. Every week we'll do a Peter Report room and talk bucks. Uh, you guys are encouraged to come up on stage, ask questions, join the conversation. It's a great time. And what Celsius are you drinking today? Yeah, uh, today give us, I give have us. the watermelon. It's one of my favorite. Ugh, terrible. Really good. Jesus no. Christ, Hagen water, Hagen and watermelon, like, like <laughs> it's the worst. I, I will, I will join Ren in. I'm not a watermelon person either. So. Yeah, yeah. It's like from New England, I keep watermelon. It, it's melon, but we put a bunch of water in it, so it doesn't taste like anything. Delish. Anyway, JC, we've banged on you enough. Thanks so much for coming on. Like, again, you, it was a home run. You hit it out of the park. And yes. uh, we're going to drop you out, and we're going to talk about what you said was smart and what you said was dumb. And then we're going to wrap up the show. But, again, thank you very much. We'll have you back on this year if you want to come on. Absolutely. Sure. Thanks, you guys. better come on, for crying out loud. <laughs> I'll be here. Don't worry. Thanks, JC. He was really good. That was that was very That was very impressive. Yeah, man. He's a talker. Yeah, I like that. Like that. So you know me, I'm a, you know me, I'm a talker. Yeah, we're all talkers, Tom. <laughs> Tom, I keep calling you Tom. Tom <laughs> Carney, Tom play Brady. baseball with goat. him. I'm sorry. I'm the I'm the goat. I'm the goat. You're, you're the goat. Tom Brady. So I mean, besides you know the hating, you know loving watermelon, I should say, and uh, and you Javon know, Hagen, and Javon Hagen fanboy. Uh, what did, what did you find? What, what did you like about it? What did you find interesting that he said that we learned uh, about Buccaneers tra- 
players in training camp today. Well, I I mean, other than other than agreeing with you that the Bucks need to go out and get an interior defensive lineman on the first night of the draft uh, <laughs> right. next year, you know, I I I really am interested, uh, and 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 I thought it was good to see and and to hear JC talk about uh, Robert Hainsey. I I really yeah. I, I'm really interested. Like like I said, with where where they are with Ryan Jensen, mm-hmm. uh, I'm very I'm very curious to see what the path of Robert Hainsey is, and and I thought that that was to me the most interesting part uh, of of the conversation is seeing the the growth of Robert Hainsey from a a guy that played at a big time college school and mm-hmm. finding out what it takes to play at the highest level with the most elite players in the entire world, the most elite athletes, I should say in the entire world. Yeah. When I guess when Hainsey got his first start at Notre Dame or no, that can't be true. Or maybe, yeah. When he got his first start at Notre Dame, everyone on that offensive line is not on an NFL team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and of course the, the best known is Quentin Williams for the Colts who was mm-hmm. with like three or four overall, uh, two years ago, maybe three years yeah. ago. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. You know, um, the talk about Ledbetter that was interesting to me yeah. because he was just a guy that was hanging on like by his, you know, by his nails, by the short, with, by the short and curlies. Yeah. Yeah. By the short and curlies on this team, he'd go up and down when he'd come up, like you really didn't notice him too much. Um, I should have asked about Anthony Nelson because, like, uh, that's my fault. Because um, he he's been uh, getting some pressures and sort of outplaying what what uh, what he's been so far for the Buccaneers. I thought that I thought that was cool. Um, the 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 cornerback position, you know, I think he's right. I think he nailed it right on the head. It's like pff, anybody but Kinley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but man. it is so wide open. If if something clicks for Kenley, you know, it, it could be just something simple, and you see it all the time. Like we saw it with Devin White last year. You know, he he gets COVID and he comes back. All of a sudden, he's the best coverage linebacker in football, mm-hmm. and he couldn't cover like a grandma and a walker beforehand. Um, so you know, something just kind of clicks. And you look at Joe Tryon. You know, he hasn't played football since 2019, and I think he had eight sacks his junior year or sophomore year, or whatever it was. But if you look at the numbers, like six of them came like in the last four games, like something just clicked there. So, you know, don't give hope uh, on, you know, your, what are your, your the Navy goats, the Navy nanny, ninnies, what are you, what, what, the midshipmen, the middies. But what's, what's, but why is it a goat then? Well, because they're, they're the goat. They're the greatest of all time. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's uh, the, uh, they were the, yard I knew they goats, were the midship. The, yeah, the yard goats. Um, so what are yard goats? They're, they're goats that you use to, instead of like lawnmowers, they, they, they chew up the grass and. Okay. This makes no sense. We'll have to talk about this later. No one cares. So yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, but, but anyway, uh, you know, the, the thing about the thing about Kinley is you mentioned the, the intangibles, the, the, oh, person, yeah, yeah, yeah. That he is. And and I think that there is going to be a team out there, if it's not the Buccaneers, that'll go, you know what? He may not be the, you know, he, he may be the last guy. He may be 53 uh, on, but we like his makeup as a person and we'll give him that spot or, or we need that on a, on our practice squad. We need another cornerback and they'll look at, they'll look around and they'll go, you know, who's, who's out there, who's available. 
and they'll see they'll see someone like Kinley and just because of his makeup and, and yeah. because of his time at the Naval Academy, you know, they'll yeah. they'll give he'll have an opportunity somewhere. I have that yeah. I have that feeling if it's not Annapolis is no joke. Like it's it's seriously the best of the best of the best. It is. And then it he is. was class president and yeah. then he gave the speech when yeah. Kamala Harris showed up. I mean, this yeah. guy you know, first off, they take the best of the best of the best, and he's the best of the best of the best as far as the Naval Academy has to offer. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think sort of those attributes will get him um, almost as many chances uh, in the NFL that, that he's willing to take, to be honest. Um, I'm not really I'm not so far uh, with you as in like the 53 man. But if he, but I think he'll be able to sort of hang around on practice squads for at least three years. Um, you know, if that's sort of a route he wants to take, what else did it, anything else that, that, that he said that, uh, that, that, uh, you were like, huh, I don't know. Talk about Hainsey. Yeah, I was, I was uh, Leverett has been getting some pub. I heard a little bit about how people were exciting about him. That that's interesting because I mean, if Leverett is going to be able to play tackle, then I mean, I don't, I, we were running a little long on offensive line, so I didn't bring it up to him, but I, I don't really think Stinney is sort of like, you know, in cement as JC thinks. I mean, he, he, he wasn't the reason, obviously the Bucks lost, you know, a game cause they didn't when he was in, but yeah. he was definitely the, he didn't, he wasn't spectacular. No. You know, he didn't give up a sack, but, you know, it was it, a lot of it had to do with getting the ball out and the offense they're running and all that type of stuff. So, I mean, I don't if if, you know, Leverett's doing such a good job and, and I know Allie talked about him and brought brought his name up. Um, so, yeah, like that, that all the interior offensive line tackle swing, it seems to be they're so many options for them now that guys can play both inside and outside it just might not be traditional like okay wells you're you're the tackle for you know if anybody gets hurt and hainsey you're the interior guy if anybody gets hurt and we'll just roll like that through the season like this might be a little different plus i think the rules are intact where you can have 55 or it was 56 last year active players as long as one's an offensive lineman mm -hmm. um they did that last year and i think they're doing it again this year so that also opens the door for some I, I love I love the versatility option. You know, the, yeah. the positional versatility thing is, you know, that's a that's an analytic thing. You know, people people think, you know, there there aren't analytics in football. And uh, to which I Who say that's that? cool. The, the, there are people that think you know it's all about strength and speed and and, and size and 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 ability. Um, but well, there's a lot well, there there is it, you know, and football is a lot of strength and speed and size and ability. But the analytical game is is really starting to to show itself uh, yeah. in, in football. You know, it's not just baseball and to a lesser extent basketball and hockey. Um, right. But but analytics are starting to be seen in football. And one of the biggest things about analytics is that that you find in analytics is positional versatility. Yeah. Uh, and so when you have a guy that can play all five positions on the offensive line, he's a much more valuable player. Uh, than someone that can just play, let's say, right guard. Yeah. You know, if you have a guy that can play. Because it's really all about matchups. And yeah. analytics really, like, can show you where to take advantage of matchups on, like, it's right in front of you. Yep. Like, 
you know, Devin White can't cover, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, uh, uh, SMB like double moves, like he'll bite every time like that's. And then so running with matchups and be able to be multiple, uh, especially now, like you said, in today's NFL game and the coaching staff and the coaching has gotten so good. That's what really made someone like Cockrell and Edwards really valuable because mm-hmm. like, you play, okay, say you play the Chiefs. Well, you're going to want Edwards and and uh, and uh, sorry Winfield in there. But if you're playing the Titans, you're going to want Winfield and Whitehead in there. Yeah, you know, and it's just because what they do and matching up. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, versatility is the way it's at. I've thought about this, and I've actually thought about trying to tweet it into Stroud so he can answer. It's like like we have three championship level professional sports teams right now, and they're all super versatile. Mm-hmm. You know, they all are like, you know, basically the Rays invented it. Um, and uh, you saw <clears throat> sort of how Cooper with the lightning would switch up his, especially his defense, depending on which, you know, series, like, like Chen, like, he, you know, we needed him for the Island series. Didn't need him any, <laughs> didn't really need him yeah. anywhere else. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And so, uh, and then with the Bucks, you know, offensively and defensively, we've seen Devin White rush from the, you know, from an outside linebacker position. We've seen JPP drop in coverage. I've seen Dominican Sue and Vita Vea drop in coverage. Uh, we talked about the safeties and SMB being able to play inside, outside. Like all these things are, are, are to your advantage when you're looking to take care of matchups. So it's, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's gonna be fun to watch. Oh yeah, uh, the, the rest of the rest of the uh, the of the preseason, and you know, even even getting into preseason games, you know, they're the bane of my existence. Yeah, um, not but, this year uh, though. Not this year. No, I I I'm actually excited because I think we know what we've got from the from the front. You know, most yeah. people are there. Oh, I just want to see. I want to see Tom, and I want to see Mike. Right? Kevin. How's the offense look? It's going to be great. Yes, it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> give me so. give me eight quarters of Kyle Trask, please. <laughs> seriously we're gonna, we're gonna have that yeah we're gonna ha- we're gonna have that and the the only thing that i wish that i could have asked um in uh of jc is is there a scenario where we keep four is, QBs? is there four qbs is there a scenario out yeah there? and this was also a question i was going to ask him but you know it just didn't kind of go flow organically I was going to ask him. I almost put it in the, in the hot take. I should have taken out the Darden one because we answered that and put this in. Was who's the player that the Bucks are going to redshirt? Um, you've seen it with. I know there was another Buck. And I keep forgetting, but a few years ago it was Kenny Bell. Like they liked him. They knew he wasn't really going to make the team. They're afraid to put him through waivers. So, oh, son, you're you blew your hamstring. Oh, I did. Yeah, you're on IR for the year. Come back next year, and, and okay. Then two years ago, they did it with Coda Dixon, the safety out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was he was looking good. And B.A. even said when he got hurt that he was he like, you know, he was playing so well. They were going to start playing him with the ones and see if he could win the starting job. I think this was Mike Edwards rookie year. Um, and they IR'd him. And it's like, um, you know, it's like, OK, you twisted your ankle. Well, that's a three week injury. No. Nope, you're going on IR. You're going to go with the team. You're going to go all the meetings. You're going to go all the teams, and then you're going to come back. I think if I were the Bucks, I would I'd I'd IR Kyle Trask because once he once preseason's over, he's not going to get any reps in practice. He can go all to the QB meetings. He can watch all the film. Ryan Griffin can run the practice squad. 
And that's what I would do. I would I would keep four, but only three could play. Plus, I also think they're keeping the same IR um, rules as they did last year. Instead of losing him for the whole year or waiting till week nine before you can bring him back to the you know on the practice field and see if they're quote unquote well enough to play and then activate him week ten. I think it's only four weeks this year, like it was last year, because mm-hmm. of like the sort of like the COVID rules. So that's what I would do. If I was GM the Bucks, I oh Kyle, man, you have a nasty hangnail. That is gonna take twenty-two weeks to heal up. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that to me that to me when it comes to when it comes to you know the you know the, that situation, the quarterback situation, it's the only you know, the the big question is how you know. Are we? Can we keep four right. in, in in some way, shape, or form? And that, and obviously, you know, IR is the is the way that you're going to have. And it's to so do hard it. this year because you want to keep like eight wide receivers, exactly. You know? And you want to keep like say two, can, can we keep, four? Can we you want to keep seven. six edge guys. Yeah, you want to keep, keep six. Can we keep six edge guys? Can we keep eight corners? Can we? Yeah, can we keep yeah. six safeties? Yeah. Well, not, I don't know about safety, but like wide receiver, you well, know, because no, that because that means that uh, your boy Hagen is going to be on the club. <laughs> yeah, it's a personal thing, but but uh, you know, it's like like, do you really want to lose somebody like Herb Miller? Like, do you really want like like? There's nothing. Justin, well, Justin Watson did so, do something wrong. He had two pick sixes like in the first four weeks because he. You, you know, rain. Yeah. And then you, like, I think you, you ran like, Jameis routes. You can't yeah. run Jameis routes for crying out loud. I don't know what he did, but, uh, but yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to lose Justin break. Watson's speed. I don't, you know, but heck, I mean, like even going seven deep, like, so you got Evans, Godwin, Brown, Miller, Tyler Johnson. That's five, six darling. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of teams don't carry six. Now we're going seven just to keep Justin Watson, you know? And what about Mickens? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, that's where like the fourth quarterback, you know, you want to have Griffin there. The writing's probably on the wall for him. They're going to keep playing Gabbard. I think Blaine Gabbard, again, I'll go on record. I think Blaine Gabbard could win 11 games in this offense with this team. Uh, I don't yeah, think, I think, that, I think that, no, no, I, I, I tend to agree with you. Nice. I thought I, out of, out of, on a seven, in a 16 game season, I, uh, I thought, you know, 10, 10. and yeah. with the 17th game now, sure. Bump it to 11. Win. Yeah. He can win. He's going to win. He can win 18 out of 17. Guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, yeah. So, you know, that's what I would do again, uh, with the four quarterback situation came to keep four. Yeah, you can, but you're going to hurt yourself in so many, you're going to let go a really good player for three guys that aren't going to play that you really hope don't play. And the other guys you do hope play. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a nasty, uh, migraine, uh, 72 week migraine <laughs> for Kyle Trask. Come back you've in three your, years. You've lost your sense of smell, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yes. Yes. That's it. Do you ever see a uh, Joe versus the volcano? Oh my God. Brain cloud. Brain cloud. Yeah. Kyle, you got a brain cloud. <laughs> I love that. I, that movie is so bad, but it's it so is so good. bad. I know. And it's like Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. I know. Yeah, how, could, how, could you, how could you go wrong with Tom? Hanks how did you mess? Ryan? How do you mess that up in their prime? How do you screw that up? I don't know. They did. I don't know. It's just like, it's like, what the Saints did with Drew Brees, it went seven and nine, three years in a row, and like he was the best quarterback in the league. 
There you go. <laughs> All right. Defense, anyone? No? no. That's right. They're, lo- no. they're winning games 42 to 44 or losing games 42 to 44. Yep. Anyway. All right. Let's get out. Let's get we out. We got of work because, to do, man. Let's yeah, get out of here. Got, we got stuff to do. So uh, give us the Ren Addiction. How, where can people find you, Ren? Best place to find me is on Twitter at the Petercast. I'm always down to talk Buccaneers football. But if your take is too hot or just don't want to put it out there in a Twitter sphere, feel free to slide my DMs and I'll talk Buccaneers football with you there as well, too. And you can find me at Steve Carney on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and with the the Rays at home uh, right now. Yeah, go can, Rays, uh, man. Sweep Saint- the dirty socks. Saintp9.com. We've got all the we've got all the uh, the news and analysis up there for the Tampa Bay Rays and, and the Under the Orange Roof podcast, which is actually going to come out tomorrow uh, because of a whole bunch of scheduling things and uh, other other issues that have come up uh, on my end. But uh, we're going to have a, a little talk with the chief baseball officer of the Boston Red Sox, Heim Bloom, who used to be, of course, with the Tampa Bay Rays. Nice in the day. So uh, we'll have a, we'll have that. You're going to give him the business. Uh, I do give him the business. It's very, it's very funny. It's it it was it was a great conversation. We get into a role in his form in his past life that uh, that he wanted to uh, keep hidden, and I uh, I found out about it. And I saw, yeah, very on the good. hot seat. Oh, he he was he 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 was wondering where I was going with it, and when he got and when I found, when I told him where I was going, he laughed his ass off. It, it was a good conversation. So right, check cool. check that Can't out. Utor podcast. So uh, that'll do it for this week. Again, subscribe to uh, the Pewtercast wherever you're uh, listening to uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, whatever, uh, whatever pro- platform. Uh, ratings and reviews, leave them. We like them for the most part, <laughs> unless you're unless you're crapping on me. Uh, but that that tends to happen more often than not. It's okay. I don't uh, tend to mind so much. Yeah, yeah. If you Ren crap on Carney, <laughs> Ren, Ren doesn't. Ren doesn't read them. Ren doesn't read them. I do. I read so, them. I just don't take them personally. Yeah, and and I'm I've got I'm you're a sensitive soul, Tom. Sensitive I mean, Steve. Again, Tom, the, <laughs> the goat. goat. The you're goat. sensitive goat. The, the navy, <laughs> the navy goat. So, uh, so until next time, this has been the Pewter Cast. Ready, Ren? Ah, uh, yeah. Go buck yourself. Oh, I try to end the broadcast. Yes! <laughs> <laughs>